jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got to the best So I keep now, y'all tread in water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And never getting these drafts is cathartic So, thanks for the invite to party, yeah Dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night Now, easy as flying a kite Now, come take a look at it right Now, dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night Now, easy as flying a kite Now, come take a look at it right Now Hey everyone, welcome to episode 43 of Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host, Uriah Dawkins. Joined with me as always are my co-host, Billy Beeman, Josh Goldberg, the host of Any Given Pod. Hey, what's up, man? How you been doing? What up? Good, good. Just rushed home from work and here I am. <laughs> you at least have a beer? I mean, are you relaxing? I, I got a beer, so, you know, give me a little time. Good, perfect. All right, then you're well on your way into a good show. That's all we need. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you want to hop into some news and nonsense? Absolutely. I mean, how can we not talk about Julio Jones? Man. So it's inevitable at this point, right? He He's definitely not coming back to the Falcons. <laughs> inevitable, dude. Shannon Sharp completely took a blowtorch to any possible, like, you know, reconciliation they had there. I mean, Julio Jones on air on Undisputed saying, nah, I'm out of here to the question, you know, are you going back to Atlanta? So he's clearly out. Uh, it's just where is he going to go? It's it's funny because you know obviously they're waiting until the June first deadline. They could get a deal done, I'm sure, and agree that they get it done after the June first deadline because there's a lot of money on the line for them. Uh, Atlanta after the June first deadline, I think they, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a ton of money. So um, I think it, it's just a matter of time, right? It's just as, as soon as June first hits, we're going to hear it. If not in the next couple of days here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm not a capologist, but I think they could get a deal done anytime they want and just designate it. Yeah, June that's 1st, what I meant. Right? Like they can do it right now and they can yeah. just say we're going to execute it on June 1st. Uh, but I mean, clear. I, I just think they're probably listening to as many offers as they can until that deadline. Right. Like, why not? Of course, because teams are going to try to low blow them now. I mean, as a deadline gets closer and the start of the season gets closer, then their feet will get lit to the fire a little more and they'll probably get some more decent offers. But from what I'm hearing, they want a second rounder for him. Oh, no. so. What I heard, they want a first. What I hear is they're going to get a yeah. second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, we talked yeah. about it a little bit on any given pod a few minutes ago. And it, yes, I do think Shannon uh, Shen Sharp put him on the spot with that call. But at the same time, I think it might have been orchestrated a little bit between Shannon and Hulu. I don't think the rest of the crew knew because if you looked at um, Skip Bayless, he looked completely shocked. He was like trying to get Shannon to ask him questions about the Cowboys and everything. And man, anytime, anytime Skip Billis is involved, I'm skeptical, man. That dude's a yeah. snake. He's an actor. He's not a real fan. <laughs> yeah, get that him dude. out of my Dallas. Get him out of Dallas. Man, get I, can, I can talk about Skip for an hour, man. That guy's trash. Well, can, can I ask you a question? Did the Patriots <laughs> give up a second round pick for Mohamed Sanu? I think it was a condition. No, yeah. it wasn't a conditional. I know the answer is a second round pick fucking clown it was like what two years ago yeah actually it might have been a conditional but it doesn't matter josh it's it's a fucking second round pick and if julio jones for, goes for a second round pick it, 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 whew, 
<laughs> that would be wild. But I mean, what are the what are the implications here for Dynasty? Like, how do we feel about Julio Jones if he leaves? Like, do we think he could be successful elsewhere? And obviously, I guess what what do we feel about the the guys left behind in Atlanta, uh, Calvin Calvin Ridley or Russell Gage? It was a straight second round pick. No, yeah, so I thought trash. Uh, but yeah, so how do we feel about Russell Gage and uh, and Calvin Ridley and, and Julio? How do we feel about the bunch? Uh, me personally, I I don't care about Gage too much, but uh, I think maybe this does help Pitts's case for you know being picked towards getting picked because maybe he'll see some more volume. Talks about him being on playing on the outside, things like that. But you know maybe Hayden Hurst will actually still get more work than people thought after Pitts was drafted. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, Gage, you see an uptick in Calvin like, Ridley's production? Yeah, I think he sees a few more targets than he normally would have. I was going to ask I you, mean, if they do trade Hulu, do you think this will really open up the tight end room and really with Hurst and Pitts kind of make them more of the focus? You have to, you have to think they're comfortable with what they have in the passing game now with Pitts, Hurst, Ridley and I guess Russell Gage, we can say to to be willing to give up Julio in a time where they're clearly trying to win now, right? They're not. This isn't building for the future. Let's get rid of Julio and get some assets. Like, so I, I'm also interested to see what they get back in this deal. If it's future picks or if it's like a defensive player or a player now that they can use. I don't I don't know what they're really looking for. But that said, I yeah, I think they could absolutely do a, use a lot more 12 personnel, obviously use both these tight ends. Definitely think that's that's going to be the case, uh, especially with, with Julio gone. But there's there's I mean, if, if he goes, how can Ridley not see more targets? It's, it's kind of it, it's kind of impossible for him not to. I think it might hurt Ridley a little bit, though, from the standpoint he's going to see the number one defensive uh, back on the team every single time and probably double covered. Yeah. You know, that doesn't help. Russell Gage either I you know I don't know I'm, I'm not a big fan of Russell Gage we talked about this a little bit on AGP I think you should sell high on Russell Gage ASAP uh, as soon as he gets a boost from this value and you see people on Twitter hyping him up sell away yeah, do you think the Falcons could got more value for Julio trading him during the beginning part of the draft than dra- dragging this out and well I think reports were that they were trying to at least that's what I saw it was like they were trying to get like a first uh pre-draft or during the draft and now that's but that's okay. obviously not you happen. say you want a first if a team comes at you with a second and a second year player or something but maybe they'd rather hold yeah. out for a 2022 or 2023 first and something else I don't, I don't know maybe they'd just rather hold it i mean julio's great man like somebody's gonna pay for him like it, if the titans want to go get him they're gonna have to pay up you know if some if somebody wants to go get him they're gonna have to go pay up like it's just the bottom line they're not gonna let him go for nothing did you guys see the uh, AJ Brown recruiting video yeah, today? We talked about that a little bit. That very, so very weird. cool. Like it, it's, it, it would be really cool to see him go over there to the Titans. I mean, they'd instantly oh, yeah. catapult right into the, you know, Super Bowl contender, contender conversation. But also just for AJ Brown, who really needs no mentoring to be mentored by his idol would probably do him a world, you know, world of good, like just something that most people don't get. No, I mean, in my opinion, the only place that Julio would take a hit would be if he goes to the Cardinals. Oh, Julio, you mean? No, oh, I, I actually, sorry, we didn't really touch on that. I do think this is probably bad for Julio Jones. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, the only situation that I think could be, bene- not beneficial, but even maybe stay the same would be the Titans because he's going to see 100-plus targets easy. But other than that, he goes to the Pats, trash. He goes to Indianapolis. There's a lot of targets to contend with. I don't know. It's just, it's and on a new team, 
it's all just kind of not great there in my opinion. So um, yeah, Arizona would be bad too. That would be weird. Um, yeah. Again, I kind of, I kind of wonder if teams are going to wait to see through training camp if they get a major injury. Uh, short of Randy Moss, there's probably no, no wide receiver that's like over 28 who's changed teams that has actually done well when he's changed teams. So now, yeah. like throwing this out there, if Julio somehow, I know the cap situation would be hard to manipulate, but if Julio somehow ends up in Green Bay, yeah, that'd be great. No, entice, entice Rogers oh. to. Yeah, <laughs> what do you mean? If they get Julio <laughs> Jones over there, he'd be like, sign me back up. Yes, this is what I've been asking for for fucking 10 years. Like, absolutely, dude. He, Yeah, that's what he wants. And honestly, I don't know why they wouldn't be trying to figure that out because I don't even think – I think – isn't it like $9 million it would take to get him on a team? Like, I think it's something like that. I, I, I Yeah, I know that there's more with the contract, but I think to get him on the team, like, it's like nine, you have to have like $9 million cap space. I think that's why the Patriots can do it. There's a number of teams who can do it. And – even see figure it out like i could i mean i could even see denver trying to swing a trade for him and Rogers. Oh, of course you would why wouldn't you i i, I, <laughs> they, I have, they have the most cap space in the league i mean <laughs> this ain't dynasty i mean we're talking dynasty but this is the nfl <laughs> all right next one uh jeff wilson injured running back in a room full of injured running backs and i mean why are we surprised but yeah he uh what, acl mcl one of the deals acl i'm gonna be or meniscus, yeah. Four or five months, something like that. So he's going to miss a few weeks. Shocker. Uh, minimum six um, games. He's on the PUP list. There you go. So uh, what is this? Uh, Mostert to the moon. Uh, Trey Sermon already getting hyped. Probably more than he deserves. This is not going to help slow down the hype train. What do you guys make of it? This one's interesting for, for us. I, I'm actually glad we're having this conversation. Both I, So you and I could kind of work this out. And also, I think it's a good, good conversation to have, especially on, you guys have him in on the Sermon side. Yeah, we, we've had Trey Sermon. We also had Master Teague. We had both the guys um, on that squad. Uh, and we're both pretty high on Sermon coming in. But yeah, just the, you know, the landing spot and the draft capital hurt it a bit. I think everybody thought it would be a little bit better. But it's also, I mean, it's not the worst landing spot. Obviously, they run the ball often. Um, but, you know, it's always a committee, and these guys are always fucking hurt. Not that he, not that this should mean he gets hurt because he's on San Francisco, but it's just like it's the stigma, you know. Either way, um, value is spiked here, and I definitely want to cash in at some point, but I don't know if this is the highest his value is going to go. I kind of, yeah, I kind of think his value is going to get higher. So I, I was, yeah, I think we should probably hold, and I mean, that's my advice to anybody who's kind of, Maybe hold and ride the wave here. I don't. I don't think the stock's going to drop before the season starts. I think it's only going to go up. I totally agree. Um, I think Mostert's kind of a cheap buy. Uh, it's not super sexy to have on your dynasty rosters, but Jeff Wilson did lead the team in touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. So that's going to be gone for what at least six weeks. Assuming he even comes back a hundred percent, like I don't know. You probably get mustard for like a second or a third. So yeah, I I mean, I'm not very, I'm not really. Like I said, it's not like something you really. I'm not interested. To, it could help. It could help <laughs> I am team. not interested in Mostert or any of the seventh round guys they've turned into some kind of fantasy producer. I'm not interested <laughs> in a single one of them. Sermon's probably the only guy I'd be interested in anyway, and it's only if you have him, you hold him because you're not going and buying that now, right? Like unless you're a lunatic, and I'm selling to you if you are, but. Right. <laughs> but real, real, really, I even think like you're saying, 
I think his value could go up even in the first couple of weeks of the season, not even just training camp. I wouldn't mind riding the wave into the first couple of weeks because like you just said, most are missing. I mean, Jeff Wilson missing time is going to give him the opportunity to really show out and like probably snipe a couple of touchdowns. And that's when, you know, he could have one of those games that we saw like three touchdown game. He has a 30 point game, dude. Somebody is going to sell the farm for him, like everything. So I'm, that's, what I'm looking for in Sermon, I think that's the highest dynasty value he'll ever have production or just trade value wise. So um, cash in when you can there and, and kind of, yeah, this is, this is like a, this is like, what's it called? Uh, sorry, not AMC, but GameStop, right? Like, like hold, <laughs> hold the line for a little bit. All right, fam. <laughs> well, Diamond hands. Did you happen to a GameStop that today? Uh, no. You know, it's really funny, and somebody said this on, on Twitter earlier today. I don't know who it is, but I have said this before, too. Uh, Dynasty is super similar to the stock market. The only difference is, is like, you you can understand the variables a lot more in Dynasty than you can in the stock market, of course. Um, but it's more about, like, it's more about values going up and down and not falling in love with the name of the stock, even though you might like it or whatever it is, like, forget about that. It's like, is it increasing? Can I sell it for more than it'll ever be again? Can I get that back? And then can I win with what I'm getting back? Like you, if you think about right. it like that, it kind of things start falling in place a little bit more. It's, it's interesting. Sorry for my tangent Absolutely. there. No, that's really good. Yeah, it's true. All right. Next one, uh, rookie limiter league. So we're in one of the fantasy cares eliminators. Josh and I joined uh, rookie fevers. Uh, rookie eliminator it's pretty sweet so 10 teams uh, i think start five best ball all rookies yeah eight rounds uh best ball five starters and it was very interesting and our strategies are different question for the question question for the teacher um is it all flex spots like is it like is it is there start zero Zero to two quarterbacks, and I think okay. zero to no zero to five, one, zero to one quarterback, or zero to okay, one. So you don't have to start a quarterback; you can start all tie, all wide receivers if you so please. Okay, got yeah, it. Got right. It. Yeah. It's zero to one quarterback, zero to five all other positions. So basically, one super flex and four regular flexes. Um. So Uriah and I built our teams very differently. I had the 1.01. Uriah, what did you have? I don't have that in front of me. Uh, 106. 106. Uriah, you want to go first? Yeah. So I went with Justin Fields uh, with my first pick. And then I went with Bateman with my second pick. And I believe Tutu Atwell with my third pick. Oh, wow. So here's the thing with Justin Fields is if he doesn't start week one, I could be out. It's possible because the uh, lowest scoring team is out. Yeah. So week, FC right? eliminator is the whole thing about, about their, or their whole deal is every week a team is eliminated throughout the season. So that's how you come up with a winner at the end of the season. It's quite different than obviously your conventional fantasy league, a ton of fun and they do it for charity. Yep. No, I think it's an excellent, it was an awesome thing to join i'm in two of them this year the one with uriah which is all rookies and then another one which is just a standard roster wow, this is tough uriah this is a really tough one here because like yeah you're right if you go qb initially then you have the the likely chance of 
you know, especially if it's Fields who might not start till week two or something, you might get booted because what is Rashad Bateman? And, and, and yeah, who's going to get you the points here, really, unless Tutu Atwell shows out. So I was really hoping Wilson would fall that way because I know he's going to start week one. And then after that, like, I don't know, I didn't want to take Devonta Smith. I didn't want to take, because I don't really like him. <laughs> I so I just kind of took some of the guys. I just, I just took the rookies. Yeah, and also like. Devonta um, Smith, there's no, there's no guarantee he produces week one either. Yeah. No, finish running through. You're right. Finish running through your team. I'll run through mine, and then we'll talk a little bit about. So yeah, I went to Justin Fields, Rashad Bateman, Tutu Atwell, Jacob Harris. So I'd have two Rams on my team. Uh, Simi Fihiko, wide receiver Dallas. Jarrett Patterson, which you guys know I love. Isaiah McCoy, wide receiver Pittsburgh. Amazing uh, analytical profile. Uh, I don't know if he'll get any playing time unless Juju Deontay get hurt, but we'll see. Or Chase Claypool. And then I finished it off with the super, super athletic uh, converted uh, what soccer player from Chile, Demi Reyes, tight end, Washington. So, okay, let me ask you, because I haven't really watched tape on him. You're obviously my Dallas connection. Is Simi uh, Fahoko supposed to be good? Because I just got offered him in a trade and I didn't. Oh, he had a crazy height adjusted speed score. He is super fast for his size. And like, Six yeah, and in college, he he had some he had some really good numbers behind him. Um, I mean, I think he went to, what was it Stanford, and I, yeah, I think he had really shit quarterback play for the most part. And um, yeah, fifth round. Yeah, I mean, capital. he look, he's yeah, he got picked late, so odds are bad. But like, he had you know, he's on a team that uses a ton of receivers, so he could definitely get out there. Yeah. So there's a player on the Dallas team for the last few years noah brown i think he was a uh, ohio state whatever he's a big guy and he does see some action so i, I think simi will probably see kind of that this year but our good friend billy for dff wrote a really good article after simi got drafted uh talking about the implications of michael gallup being a free agent next year amari cooper who knows what's going on with him um so simi is kind of a good dynasty hold i don't know if it's the best pick for this format but by the time you're picking uh, you know, 60 rookies have been picked already. You know, it's a crap, it's a crap shoot. <laughs> so okay. So on mine, um, I had the 101 to start off with. I went Najee out, out the gate. Of course. Of course. Um, and I I explained this on any given pod, but I'll explain it here too. My main reason for going Najee is the fact that we really don't know if the quarterbacks are going to start week one or if it's going to be kind of a Ryan's Fitzpatrick to a situation from last year where they put the starter out there for a few games, you're not getting any points. And with an eliminator league, you need points out the gate. So I worked, went with the workhorse at one-on-one. At 210, I went with um, Amon Ray St. Brown. Super high on him. I think he's going to be given every opportunity in Detroit to show off. So I thought that was a safe pick. Um, at 310, I needed to grab a tight end. Pretty much the only one left with Pat Fryermuth. So I took the amble on him. 4.01, I went, finally went with the quarterback, Kellen Mond, Minnesota. I feel there's a good chance he'll play this year, especially if they've already – if ownership has already in their mind moved on from um, Kirk Cousins. I think they're going to at least try to see what they have out there. You will see zero <laughs> Well, look, it was Kellen Mond or Ian so I, was, I went Kellen Mond. Yeah, unless Kirk no, Cousins get ahead, hurt, gets hurt, he won't see any time <laughs> yeah, this year. Anyways. Luckily, we don't need to start a quarterback. 5'10", I went Tylon Wallace out of Baltimore. I like it. 6'01", I went Khalil Herbert, Chicago running back. I've been picking up shares 
across a couple different leagues of him. Obviously, I'm big on Tyreek Cohen. Um, they still have David Montgomery. Montgomery there, but again, Cohen's injury prone, so you never know. Herbert might get that opportunity. Um, 7-10, I took a crapshoot with Trey Nixon, Patriot wide receiver. And then I finished up with the 801 getting Rakeem Boyd, Detroit running back. Nice. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I actually think your team, like for this format, has a pretty good shot of uh, competing. I mean, right out the gate, mm-hmm. you're obviously going to score a ton of points. I think all, I think at least your first two guys and Tylen Wallace at 510, sneaky just for this format because I just have a feeling he's going to get some touches here and there, like no matter what at some point, like not a lot, but like even in the first week, if he scores a point, that's a lot for this format, right? Like anybody who's anybody who's scoring anything. So out of all the rookies, I think he does have an opportunity to get like a catch or two here and there. Um, so yeah, I, I think you, and Pat Framuth definitely could get involved like that, you know, in the season. So yeah, th- this has an opportunity, man. It's a, it's a really, really tough format. And I think also drafting from the one one is very beneficial because obviously you get a very high end producer immediately. Yeah. Um, it was very, it was hard though, because like I said, it was the gamble. Do I go quarterback? Do I go Najee? Do I go? Sorry. Can you go to the draft board top five overall picks? I just want to see what the top five picks were. All right. So one-on-one, which was me, Najee Harris. Number two was swag Zilla zero G. He went Trevor Lawrence. Then add super fan HQ went Trey Lance at dynasty Kaz went Kyle Pitts. And then rounding out 105 was Uriah with Justin. You went Wilson. over Zach Wilson. Oh, I did go over Zach Wilson. Oh. Wow. And Jamar Chase. Wow, man. I don't know. I, Uriah, unless he starts, I mean, I think you caught, I think you cost yourself, you might've cost yourself there. That's tough. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> no, I mean, this is, this is good though, especially for this format. I mean, no, I've never, I didn't even know they were doing FC eliminators with this format. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I think it's badass. Um, and it's a complete crapshoot. It's all rookies, so you really don't know. After the first, uh, let's see here. After about the second round, it was really kind of. Oh yeah, I mean, it's all gamble. yeah, it's all nothing there. Very cool, boys. Really quick, I just want to get your guys' opinion on my other uh, eliminator that I'm in. It's a super super slow draft, so we're only through three rounds right now. So 108, I went Justin Herbert. 210 Najee, 308 DK Metcalf. <laughs> it's literally a staple of your rosters now. Najee will will be found somewhere in there. You need to come up with a with a name for all your teams. It's the same name. Seems, I know Najee Harris in it. Um, now I mean this seems good. Like it seems great. Getting getting uh, DK Metcalf at 308, 308 seems like a steal. I was surprised he was still there, but. Yeah, no, you're right about Najee. Um, my biggest thing is we're in so many different theme leagues that I just kind of keep it Jay Goldberg across the board. Yeah, I, I see that. I, I always, one of my, I don't know why I've always enjoyed coming up with like funny names or like finding funny names for the leagues that are like themed and stuff. So I always yeah. did that. Um, not that it matters, fun stuff, but awesome. We'll definitely have to keep up with the Eliminator Leagues as you guys go throughout the season. Um, really, really, really cool stuff that you guys are doing there, so. Oh, yeah, no, I'm excited, especially because it's best ball. So, yes, we, we got to care about them. At the same time, we kind of could put it on a back burner and not have to really worry about it. Yeah, because there's no strategy. Right. Um, <laughs> so, it's true. I'm sorry, Uriah. No, next thing I want to discuss with you guys is uh, player profile. 
player profiler. We've been using, we signed up for a subscription. We've been using it uh, this season just to give us some extra, an extra edge and everything. How poopy their trade analyzer is. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. And trade finder apparently. (laughs) So on here, which uh, DT uh, dynasty trade calculator doesn't have is a section that says players kept. And it's anywhere from 10 to 49. Hmm. Do either of you know what that's for? Because I mean, I know in keeper, I know in keeper in keeper leagues, I can understand it. But... I think it's your roster size. Oh, okay. Or is that is this for a keeper league? No, this is just a general trade an, uh, analyzer. I've never used it, but yeah, I don't know. No, based on the values that they give, I really don't trust this thing at all. Um, I'm really not sure what the hell they're doing there. Uh, the at least the um, dynasty trade calculator like has like it's it's a lot more uh, market value than it is anything else. You can you can really tell by it. It, it it lines up a lot more with like ADP right and stuff like that. Not not perfectly, but it does line up more with like consensus. So you get an idea like if you're really way up on somebody, it kind of drags you back in. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think that trade analyzer does it very well. So. No, I agree. I mean, and I think it was on any given pod, we did a whole segment over DTC versus the player profile calculator. So anyways, okay, moving on. Um, Before we dive into DU1 information, we just got a listener question from Dynasty Underdog's top listener, Riley. Yeah, no, I love it. Uh, Definitely can talk about it real quick here. He asked if our fab resets in the season and in off season. Uh, Answer to that is it resets every season. So if you spend your your fab now, it will not you it, you whatever you have. If you spend a hundred dollars now, you have nine hundred dollars for the rest of the season until the next league year. There are some leagues that will reset at the beginning of the season. Dynasty Underdog does not. Yeah. Spend your money wisely. No, blow it all on. Um... Third Dokes. JV and Hawkins. Yeah, him. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I'll say somebody. Blow your money out of <laughs> Our DU Listener League, our first Listener League, we talked about it last week and I think the week before. Kind of want to talk about some uh, values we saw during the draft. And I kind of just went off of memory. Guys that I remember either following or gotten picked early. So I came up with three. We could talk about them real quick. Uh, Devonta Adams, he went as wide receiver 11. And according to DLF ADP, he should have gone as wide receiver 6. Yeah, he just kept falling and falling and falling like, holy fuck. And at some point I was like, man, I really need to snag this guy. Uh, And I forgot who I picked over him. I think I picked somebody like Allen Robinson one time over him, maybe or some. I don't think that was I don't know who it was, but it was one of those guys. Yeah. Um, And it was it's all an age thing, really. And it's not that much, but it's it's age combined with he's not going to have a quarterback soon, it sounds like. So um I just, you know, I think he's going to be great this year again, but I just don't know about after that. So, uh, but going wide receiver 11 is absolutely absurd. That, that probably shouldn't happen. I would think we let uh, Michael Thomas fall too. I don't think I put him on here, but he, he slipped quite a bit. He really, yeah, he really, really did. Um, the I'll next one was Julio Jones. He went as wide receiver 40 off of our board. And according to DLF ADP, he should have been wide receiver 31. That's that's a pretty big gap, I think. Um, 
That is a pretty yeah, right I was I- praying that he fell back to me mm-hmm. in that gap, dude. <laughs> Seriously. Like I, I couldn't believe he just kept falling and falling. Cause I mean, I know it's, I mean, now if he changes teams, it's definitely bad, but getting him there anyway, you got to think he'll, he'll return value on that. Right. He's yeah. a wide receiver too, Easy. for sure. No matter where he goes. No, that's what I was going to say. I think he dropped because there's so much uncertainty with, where he's going to go and Absolutely. what quarterback. And that's what it's fine to be that. risk adverse. Like, you know, there are other players you could pick up that could possibly produce. Uh, well, no, that's probably not even true. <laughs> but it's, it, it's okay to be risk adverse, I guess. But that was a pretty big fall. Um, next one is kind of opposite here. We went to Bonta Smith off our board. He went wide receiver 16. I think we talked about this last time, but uh, according to DLF ADP, he should have been wide receiver 27. Yeah, this one blew me away. He went 607. Uh, he actually went right after Michael Thomas. So we were just talking about Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas was the mm-hmm. wide receiver 15 then, I guess it was. And uh, that was after like Carson Wentz, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I picked Allen Robinson over Michael Thomas. Um, yeah, I mean, just just kind of wild, man. Like, I, I don't know if, I mean, to, for, for Devonta Smith to return that value that, you, you know, you're going to have to get a top 24 player probably top 36 player at least um and i I just don't see that happening uh that's crazy um you got to be like really high on that ricky i mean or maybe not top 36 player but he's gonna have to be like you're expecting this guy to be top 15 at his position already i don't know man that's that's exactly what they're trying to say right i'm taking him as maybe you know some youth is baked into it but that that's insane to me that's really insane to me I mean, I just think it's kind of funny. I was super high on him going into this draft, and I don't think I have one share of him. That's funny. Yeah, that's interesting. You put all, yeah, you you put all, all your eggs in your Najee basket. That's all. You you were oh, focused. Yeah. You were you were focused. No 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 question about. But that. I mean, just looking at looking at who went here. I mean, I'm obviously not trying to shit on on this pick. Like, look, if he he could work out, I and mean, we could be wrong, but I'd much rather have T Higgins who went after him. I'd much rather. I mean, Amari Cooper. Even I don't like Amari Cooper. Uh, these, there's just some established players and some really good young players. Keenan Allen went right after him, TJ Hawkinson. It's just, uh, you know, Devonta Smith is a guy who the community is worried about not, not hitting at all <laughs> about being a bust. So, um, and there's numbers to back that up. Um, not, not, you know, numbers don't always, you know, bear out, but uh, yeah. Really right now you're praying that Devonta Smith has the same rookie season that T Higgins already had. And Devontae Smith's quarterback is not as good as T. Higgins. <laughs> no, no, he's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. So that one really did stand out to me quite a bit. I like it. This draft was seriously a super fun. The values were way crazier than, than any draft I've been in a long time. So um, I mean, I'm very, I'm very interested to see how it works out for everybody and who who wins this first year and who finishes top. You know. And what what strategies they use as far as drafting goes, if they do be early running back early or whatever it might be. We'll definitely do an end of the year review for the teams. And we'll probably do like a couple at a time, whatever makes sense for an episode. And we can, we can go over kind of the strategies we think they use and, and what worked out, what didn't, it'll be a fun, fun little review. I will say I've had offers for all three of my quarterbacks. Have you really? I have. That's interesting. I'm not giving up any of them. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think Riley asked me a value on Dak and then I might've yeah. just, forgot to respond so i'm sorry riley but i'll get back <laughs> to you on that um no i just wanted uh we had our first waiver runs this morning okay 
And I just wanted to, I just pulled up the list of values. And I just want to go over some players and what they got bidded on. Go for it. Yeah, let's go for it. All right. So our top bid was $112 on Gerald Dokes, the Miami running back. Jared. Yeah. Which I was <laughs> shocked at. No, that's a lot of money. Joe, I, I mean, I mean, this is, I think this is really a lot of the James Robinson thing coming into play. Everybody wants to get that next one. That makes sense. Um, we had Kylan Granson, Indianapolis tight end go for $79. Yeah. Which yeah, I hype hate. around him all, all of a sudden started creeping up. So yeah. Uh, James Washington went for $23, which I think is fair. I think I might've missed the waiver run on this. I, I like, or I forgot to like put anything in, but then I ended up snagging a couple early in the morning. I think I made like five pickups and threw them on taxi. Um, just, just some guys who I like pre-draft who are in some not great situations. So um, I yeah. think Kendrick Bourne and your Felipe Frank pickups are great. Oh yeah. I got Kendrick Bourne who's obviously going to be involved in that offense. So why not just grab some of that and, and maybe I can flip them eventually if somebody's interested and and yeah, the Felipe Franks one. I mean, why not? He's he's like, isn't he the only like real quarterback there behind Matt Ryan right now? Like, why not? Fuck it. I drafted so well that I looked this morning to try to do some ad drops, and there just wasn't oh, anybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually forgot. I saw I got the email notification that said, uh, you know, Billy ad drop, Billy ad drop. I'm like, oh shit, I totally forgot. So I'm sitting in the parking lot before work and I'm looking and I'm going through like, Hey, should I add anybody? And there really wasn't anybody. Yeah, I yeah, no, I know. I, I feel that I actually like, I have the advantage and this is, I mean, I just, yeah, I have the advantage of getting up really early, dude. I get up at fucking five in the morning. So like as soon so East, East coast. coast time. Oh, so I, oh, we know. So, Believe me, but we the know. thing is, is I have the advantage of anybody who didn't get picked up. I'm fucking getting them, bro. I got first, I got first dibs. <laughs> like you better wake the fuck up fam. Like get up. All right, like set your alarms. I don't care where you're at because I know you're in fucking Australia or the UK or I don't even know where we have you. You might be in Europe somewhere. We're fucking get your ass up East Coast, 5 p.m. and battle my ass for these guys, all right? Come at me. And today, nobody had an excuse because waivers were originally supposed to run on Saturday. Everybody should have been ready by Saturday for their waivers. And I gotta, so. I gotta say, I don't feel bad at all about waivers like missing whatever. We had that happen in console wars. We had it. I had it happen in like three other leagues. This happens in every league. So if anybody's like hot, no. But if anybody's hot and bothered about any of this stuff, this is how it goes, man. Like you just look. <laughs> if anybody was hot and bothered, they'd bring it to any of our attention. No, that's true so. too. But it, you know, we're trying our best, and we're, we'll make it right every time. So um, yeah, let's move on to our regression candidates. Yeah, that was a good little recap of uh, DU1. So yeah, I want to talk about uh, regression candidates. I spent a lot of time trying to come up with like a more fun stats to talk about for regression, but I just ended up wanting to shoot myself in the head because I'm tired of looking at Excel spreadsheets and trying to make it work. And I was like, well, one of the most unsticky, unpredictable stats from year to year, boring, is you know touchdown or touchdown rate. But it's really easy to put together. So <laughs> I picked out a couple candidates. Uh, Quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end, and we could talk about them. First one that came to mind for me out of quarterbacks is Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, he's really, really good. Um, I'm not saying don't draft him because he's going to suck. I'm saying he had a really good year last year. <clears throat> last year, he had 44 touchdowns. Uh, the average for the top 12 quarterbacks is 30 last year. 
his career average is 30. If he had scored just 35 touchdowns last year, that'd put him around quarterback nine. He was also the MVP. <laughs> he was also the MVP. He had a really, really yes. good year last year. And uh, three years before that, he was falling off the cliff. So I'm just saying, all I'm saying about him is don't expect 44 touchdowns again. That's basically it. No. You know what you could expect from him? The final Jeopardy question every week. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he might not even play. Well done, Josh. Well done. Uh, yeah, look, 44 touchdowns is absurd. I mean, he had, and, and I think his interception rate last year was ridiculous too. He probably threw like five or six interceptions, maybe maybe four. It might have been what it was. That's that's pretty normal. No, no, it is. Though. I'm just saying to also throw 44 yeah. and your interception rate to remain the same is kind of crazy. And, and again, to your point, you can't really expect it to happen again which is why I'm also a little concerned about Devonte Adams kind of back to our letting him drop a little bit. Like both of these guys, it's going to be very difficult for them to repeat that season they had last year. And I know, you know, I actually just wrote about this um, in, in an article dynasty lessons learned about looking forward, not back. It's easy to look back last year and, and see what Devonte Adams did and say, this is going to happen again and again and again, but it's also the, you know, it's not a good process because likely the likelihood of a guy repeating you know a top end season like that the next year is is really it's pretty astronomical i mean more so for running backs like you know we've seen receivers do it we've seen julio jones do it here and there and, and obviously but it's just you know it's not something you want to bet on that much with these older guys aging rogers might not even be there fuck so um either way I, yeah i think rogers is, is a sure bet to regress a bit how much? I mean, they put a good team around him. I, I think he could easily still throw 35 touchdowns, 30 touchdowns next year again, like he usually does. Just just depends on to who. What'd you say? Oh, to who? <laughs> yeah, if it's with the Packers, Denver, or who knows Yeah, where. we don't know, yeah. But I think, I think anywhere he goes, I mean, if we're talking about Denver also, like, I don't think it matters. I think he could throw 30 touchdowns very easily too, so. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think his floor would be 30. That's his career average, career average. All right, next guy is Russell Wilson. Uh, he threw for 38 touchdowns. His career average is 28. That's a big difference. Uh, league average last year, again, for top 12 quarterbacks was 30. Um, one thing I did notice while looking at him is that his touchdown, number of touchdowns has gone up almost every season, which is cool. But uh, eight more than league average seems kind of like his ceiling to me especially in that offense. I'm personally so high on him, but I know a lot of people are beginning to fade him. So, uh, I, you know, I think a lot of what it is, is there is, I think even if we, if we pulled the numbers every single year towards the end of the year, when you really need them, their offense changes. It just does any, anybody who's a fan of Seattle, they know it just does. They go from passing to running the ball a lot more. They go, you know, a lot less big plays, a lot less explosive plays. They're, they're really just kind of, you know, trying to uh you know coast into the into the playoffs is what they're really trying to do now that's that's a big part of why people fade wilson in general uh 38 touchdowns is definitely i i just don't see that happening again um for for him i don't think they're going to throw the ball nearly enough last year they had a lack of a running game completely everybody was injured they didn't really have much of an option what were they going to do so it's pretty clear to me that this is going to change this year Yeah, and he is, like you were saying about the end of the year when you kind of need him, he's a very frustrating quarterback mm-hmm. to own. 
and, and has been for a while. I mean, he's good. He's good. He's better yeah. than good. I've, I said it last year, I think on Twitter, I said, I made a post like he he's right up there as one of the best quarterbacks, like top, probably top three or so quarterbacks, like legit. I mean, maybe age is kind of dropping him out of there now, but seriously, he's, he's one of the most accurate, precise, efficient quarterbacks playing the game there the, you can't it can't be disputed he's actually been let down by his team probably more than more than he's ever let his team down so um this is not about russell wilson being good or bad it's just kind of uh what, what their team does and what he does on that team yeah, it's very p carroll <laughs> it, it is very p carroll all right uh next one wide receivers so this one is it's regression but it's a way that what do you want to call it? Positive regression. So I looked at Robert Woods because uh, he's always underdrafted every single year, always outperforms his ADP pretty much always. Um, this one's a little more hairy. So Robert Woods. So his new quarterback is Matt Stafford. So I looked at Matt Stafford's wide receiver once since like 2011 was basically when he started. Matt Stafford's two uh, wide receiver ones had a touchdown rate, which is receptions divided by touchdowns of 6.57%. Robert Woods' career average is 3.7%. League average is 6.35% over the last five years. That's a lot to take in, but basically all of Matt Stafford's wide receiver ones since he's been playing have all, yeah, above They've all maintained above league average touchdown touchdown rate, yeah. Exactly, and Robert Woods career has always been well, well below. So is it either Robert Woods playing style or what? He's been on multiple teams. I don't think this is a Robert Woods problem. I think this is a Robert Woods quarterback I was about to say, what, what quarterbacks has he played with on the Bills and the Rams? Or wherever he's That's what I'm Bills talking about. Rams, so yeah. He has Matt Stafford <laughs> now. I know Matt Stafford had Calvin Johnson. So that, you know, some of those numbers are going to be inflated uh, a bit. Yeah. Inflated, right? Because Calvin Johnson's amazing. But I don't think Robert Woods is going to see this low of a touchdown percentage while Matt Stafford is throwing the ball. So this is this is awesome. I, I think that this, you know, I think some of it is Robert Woods playing style too. He's a bit more of a possession receiver, in my opinion. That said, 3.74 is absolutely absurdly low. It's it, it's lower, Whoa. it's lower than like I mean, obviously it's lower than the league average by a ton. Um, and that shouldn't be anybody. So I think that it's some of his playing style, but it's been mostly quarterbacks. I mean, he's had Jared Goff. And I, if, I, if I went back and researched, he'd probably be disgusted by who, who else he had back at the Bills. Um, yeah, this has got to change. I, think it, I don't think he's gonna, you're going to see a 6.57 touchdown rate for him. I think that's probably what you'll see closer for Cooper Cup. But I think you could see this increase to four and a half, Cooper Cup's almost exactly. Yeah, I think the same. you could. I, it, well, that's crazy. It needs to go up. Yeah. Um, I think you could see him go up to four and a half, five, which would be awesome for him. That would be incredible if he if he could get, what eight nine touchdowns. I mean, he he would, he would jump into the top probably fifteen or twenty wide receivers, which is wild. Instead of receiving six touchdowns on a whole season, if he can make that ten, that's a that's a huge, huge. jump. It's a huge jump, and I, I I see that happening this year. I like it. I like that. And did you, so real quick, before we move on, did you by any chance listen to the CBS podcast this week? I, yeah, the one. The regression pod. Right? Kind of <laughs> okay. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know if you got the idea or not from them because it just lined up perfectly. But one thing, and I'm not going to like take their shit. I'm telling you, like go listen to CBS podcast. It was actually a really good podcast. 
um, they talked about regression. If you, if you don't get regression, it's, it's a statistical term. So you can, it's regression to the mean, to the statistically found mean, like I'm not, I don't have it in front of me. I'm just saying you can re positively regress or you can negatively regress to the mean, right? That's kind of how it works. Yeah. Um, but I, I highly recommend go listening to that because they explain it really well. And it's a really good pod. So really quick, uh, since we were talking about his quarterback situation a minute ago in Buffalo, he was on the team in 2013, 14, 15, and 16. And here were his quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, okay. 2013, he had Thad Lewis, EJ Manuel, and Jeff Tool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He had tools as his quarterback. 2014, he had EJ Manuel and Kyle Orton. Oh, I love Kyle Orton. <laughs> 2015, he had Josh Johnson, EJ Manuel, and Tyrod Taylor. EJ Manuel hanging in there. 2017. <laughs> Cardell Jones, EJ Manuel, and Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> Holy fuck, man. EJ was there the entire fucking time. Robert Words is cursed. What did he do this year that that lifted the <laughs> curse? Seriously. And, and Josh doing the Lord's work while we're fucking talking here, getting us the, the <laughs> absolute worst quarterback group you could possibly think of in the past decade. Like, holy fuck, that's bad. All right, next. <laughs> All right. So then uh, another one on the flip side of this was Nelson Aguilar because I was listening to a podcast and they had talked about, hey, Nelson Aguilar, he got a real good, he got a chunk of money to go to New England. He established himself, quote unquote, as a deep threat in that Las Vegas, you know, offense. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. Let's take a look at it. So I took a look at it. Um, <laughs> so I dove fucking in, baby. <laughs> I grabbed so my I shovel. In, I dove in. <laughs> yeah. So uh, last year, he averaged 3.81 fantasy points per touch. That puts him up there with like AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. Tyreek Hill, those kind of guys, their, their career averages, not just last year. The guys who have been doing it every year they've been in the league at a, a high clip. The average over the last five years is 2.8. He did 3.8. His career average, Nelson Aguilar's career average is 2.65. That means last year he was at a clip about 136% of his career average. Wow. That is not sustainable at all. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about like career average of all wide receiver. Threes, this guy is up there. We're talking about AJ Brown just got uh just got moved over to the Patriots. I don't think so. All right. <laughs> yeah, that three point eight that he put up last year, fantasy points per touch, puts him with AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, Adam Thielen, and DK Metcalf. That's ridiculous. It's not, that's not happening again. There's no way. I, I mean, I know the numbers no. don't lie, but that's just ridiculous. no. I mean, the numbers are what the numbers were last year, but they ain't going to be that again. No. The one that's important is career average, 2.65. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, right? That, that's who yeah. he is. Three Which is below is league average, right? Over the last five years. Right. So, I mean, not, not much. I mean, it's, it's pretty close, which isn't bad. But, I mean, this is what we can expect. Like, may, you know, maybe they use him more on the Patriots because he is the clear, defined number one receiver on their team or something. But it's not going to really – it ain't going to put him up to 3.81. It ain't going to put him up to really three or anything like that. I don't think I, you, know, you can expect him to probably, it might be worse for them, for him, honestly. I'd expect somewhere between two and 2.5, if you're lucky, getting fantasy points per touch. But wow, that's a, that's a good find. Yeah, I looked at his ADP on uh, DLF, and I was actually happy to see his wide receiver 70. So good for you guys, smart people out there. That's probably fine with me. Don't go, don't go trading for him, though, based on what he did no. last year. That shit is not going to happen. Or being on the Patriots, because it's not a, like, despite despite what everyone wants to believe, it's not a good landing spot, unfortunately. And just at the bottom of that list was uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Curtis Samuel. Oh, yeah. So uh, those guys are due for regression 
uh, to Namin in a, in a positive way. So, all right, moving on. Uh, running backs, Kamara, uh, eight point six five percent touchdown percentage, which is touchdowns divided by attempts. League average is four point oh three. Now, over the last five seasons, now that's that's not really too unusual for Kamara. He's always been above league average, but here's the caveat. Drew Brees is gone. I don't see a situation where Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston is going to be giving Kamara those kinds of looks to where he's going to be able to score touchdowns at a rate high twice league average. I just yeah, I'm, see I'm just not sure the scoring opportunities are going to be there like they were. Forget about his opportunities. Is the team going to be in scoring opportunities for him to even, you know, do it. Um, so I, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's totally a concern when Bree's gone. It's also, if it's Taysom Hill, he's not getting the, he's not getting the receiving work that he's used to. Right. Maybe if it's Jameis Winston, he will, because it'll be Michael Thomas and then Kamara his second look to dump it off. So he's not making a bunch of mistakes. I think that that's actually something that could happen based on working with uh, Sean Payton and, and really trying to turn his game around. So if, if it's, Jameis Winston, I'm a little bit more bullish on Kamara kind of doing what we're used to seeing, but I, I think you're right. There's, it's hard to see how he, how he maintains a, you know, double, double the league average touchdown rate. Uh, it's, it's really probably not, not possible. I mean, we were, also last year he, had, he had the six touchdown games and stuff like that. I, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm just, I'm, about just not that. Think, I'm just wondering if like, like I said at the beginning of this all around the opportunities are going to be there like they were. So this isn't really me saying like go sell Kamara or anything, even though I've, I've tried to, I just haven't been able to get value back for what I think he's worth still, but he should have a couple good years here. I think he'll be okay, but he's definitely going to regress. Don't expect him to have this, you know, running back one elite season over everybody. I mean, we miss CMC. I think there's a lot more competition this year coming back to you got to and hope for the best. Yeah. I think top, top five would be ceiling for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, you're probably right. Probably. I mean, he's probably in between the top five and 10 running backs. I mean, but I, I think it, I think he's definitely still got a lot of value. I mean, he, he does, you know, he's still going to be good. He's still like the running back one, but it's all those like really juicy checkdowns that he was getting from Drew Brees all the, his whole entire career that they're not going to be there. I just don't see it. I mean, do you think Jameis is really going to check down to him? I mean, he's going to have to learn that. That's not been James's, yeah. you know what I mean? He's actually got to learn to I mean, do that. He, yeah. I think that Kamara is the second best option in the passing game on the team right now. So I, I think that if, if he's, you know, kind of progressed the way that they're talking about and the way he's talking about making less mistakes, he's going to look to his check down best option more times than not if he's in there um, when needed, right? Not, I'm not saying he's going to get the same eight targets per game, but if he can maintain five targets a game and, and, you know, 10, 10 rushes a game, I I mean, that'd be great. I I hope he can do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one is uh, a lot of people's really favorite uh, running back. And I I just keep fighting the good fight. I've said it, you know, since day one, Antonio Gibson's not it, but uh, I'll I'll be, I'll be, uh, I'll be glad to be wrong, but uh, his touchdown rate was 7.3 percent right up there with Camaro man yeah uh so last year the league average for top 12 running backs was 4.4 percent so he's scoring touchdowns at a pretty high rate the the thing about it is he earned less than 
50% of his team's total rushing attempts. So if you, it'd be different if like he was getting a lot of the work and he just balled out, right? It's just that he was balling out with hardly any work. And that's just like, it's either one of two things. Either he's really, really, really good and he's just super elite and, you know, I'm completely wrong. Or he was really, really efficient last year and that shit's got to stop. Yeah, no, 100%. He's he's either way better than than we think he is, you and I. Um, maybe Josh too. I don't know Josh's thoughts on him, but um, or or yeah, he's just he's going to be a little bit less efficient in in the coming years. I mean, to to take <laughs> to take less work than than you know anybody else on the team or the running back position, and still have a a touchdown rate, you know, that matches or is above the top ten or top 12 running backs is, is, is absurd. Like it's crazy. I, you know, it's funny. I was looking at him and trying to find, trying to find some like re- like that other than landing spot and, and just thinking that they're not using him the way that he needs to be, to be a workhorse back. But he is like, he's like six, three or something. Like he's a big man, dude. He's exactly what you want out of a running back. So um, I, I think I'm just going to miss the train on him though, because I, you, you can't pay up for him right now where he's at. I think it's way too high. His price is way too high. And I just, I, I just think it's inevitable for him to, you know, his productivity to decrease this coming year. Um, yeah, I don't know how it stays the same. I personally think he's going to uh, – productivity will definitely decrease. They have Fitzpatrick in there who's going to be throwing the ball more. I know it is Fitzpatrick, but they brought in more wide receivers. I think they're really going to try to spread out that offense more instead of just running it through Gibson. That's another good point, man. It's uh, Fitzpatrick not – Alex Smith. Yeah. Um, and how many times did they, they give Peyton Barber the ball last year? And it got guys who probably didn't deserve the touches. And there's a reason they did that. I mean, I, I think that I think Antonio gives him profiles a lot more as like a, a third down back than he does a workhorse back. Now, maybe he's a mix more of a combo than that, because I, again, I think he profiles like that, but you look at his size and everything. And you're like, shit, this guy's, this guy can handle it. So um, <laughs> I'm interested. I, I, I'm intrigued, but I, again, I think, we're all in agreement that his price is a little too high. If, if you're trying to go get him, if you have him, I mean, hold on to him for dear life, I guess. Yeah. I would just, again, just temper expectations. I don't think he's going to be nearly as efficient as he was. Would you sell him? Time. They brought him. Would you sell him if you had him? Me? Yeah, I would. 100%. But I mean, I'm probably the minority. Like, I don't think he's, I it, bet, I so. bet you, you can get Zeke for him pretty cheap. I, I, almost, almost oh, yeah. straight up. Easy. And you might be able to get Zeke plus. I don't, I don't know, but like, I think you could probably do the deal straight and I think Ron Rivera wants a CMC type, a player that never has to leave that field. So I would not be surprised at all if they trade him for another running back or draft a running back high in the 2022 draft. Yeah, we'll see. They still have McKissick. They still have Barber. They drafted, you know, I'm high on Patterson. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Is Gibson going to get more than 50% of the work this year? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you heard what I said, but I said I'd trade him for Zeke straight up 100 times out of 100. That's what I would do. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, I think we're all in agreement on that one. All right. The last one is I didn't even look into it. I just, I just know <laughs> that Robert Tunyon, every time I've ever looked at any of the tight ends and what they did last year, that that is not going to happen again. Um, I know, Billy, you've done the work on the amount of targets it takes to be a top 12 uh, tight end. And the average targets over the last five seasons was 94.4 targets. Uh, Robert Tunyon was, uh, what, tight end five or something like that. And, but he only had 57 
targets I don't, I don't think he dropped the ball. I think he caught every pass too. <laughs> Not only was he efficient in touchdowns, yeah. he was efficient in catches. Like he didn't drop anything. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen again. You want to know, know who he reminds me of? Richard. Um, oh, fuck. What was his name? Uh, was it Richard Rogers? Yeah. The, yeah, the guy end? on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Him where, where Aaron would just throw the ball up and he would just catch in the uh, end zone every time. Yeah. Remember Gary yeah, Barnage? Yeah, Gary Barnage. <laughs> oh, man. He was going to be the next big thing, too. Um, I won my league that that's year. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, that league winner, yeah. Gary Barnage. Wow, that's not been said many times. Um, yeah, look, it takes 90. You, you know, to be a top five guy, you need those 90 targets. He he broke the mold, but it's not going to happen again. He's not going to catch every pass, and he's not going to catch every touchdown pass. Like, it, it, it's kind of crazy what he did. Um, I, I expect him to be good again. I don't, I don't expect him to be terrible or anything like that, but I just don't – I don't know. Do we see him getting 70 targets? No, no, I don't see him getting 70 okay. targets. The other thing is the average touchdowns for the top 12 tight ends last year was, or last five seasons is 5.6, so like five and a half touchdowns. He caught 11. So it's between the amount of targets he's getting and the amount of touchdowns that he caught last year, something's got to give. So, And he's going for tight end 13 and DLF ADP. It's Which not is bad. Not- I mean... Yeah, not bad, but I guess. I, honestly, there's probably I think there's guys after that like Austin Hooper or something I'd probably rather have. I, there, there's just other guys later on that I don't need to spend up at all for. Uh, it's Harrison Bryant season. What are you for Robert Tony? I mean, yeah, I hope so. But uh, Cole Komet. Yeah, Cole Komet. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'd much rather I'd much rather Cole Komet than Robert Tony. Like, there's no way this. I, I've turned down some great offers for Cole Komet. So I really hope he breaks out this year. Yeah, time. yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people do, but just just say, Ross, do you guys know is Jimmy Graham still on the team, or did he only sign a one year deal? I think he year? is still on the team technically. Yeah, I think he's still there. Um, yeah. But what I will say is just just like Antonio Gibson for Uriah, and and I guess myself too, I would I would definitely trade him as well if I could get you know a top tier option. But yeah, trade Robert Tonyan if you can get a a good player at another position you're probably, I don't know how many people are going to trade you another tight end better than him, but Hey, if you can do it, go for it. Um, but definitely, definitely trade him for something. Cause I don't think you're getting back this value again. All right. No, that was cool, man. I'm glad we talked about that. Like the, again, this is the, the main thing I, I think people need to take, take from this is like, you cannot get caught up in what they did last season, what these guys did last season. Yes. Things change every year. So yeah, that's uh, some regression candidates. Um, some guys who might go up, some guys who might go down. Thank you, everyone, for giving this week's episode Dynasty Underdog, episode 43, a listen. Make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Just Uriah FF, at Any Given Pod, at Willie Beeman DFF, and at Josh Goldberg AGP. Hope everybody has a great week of drafting and dropping your fantasy players, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.